Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. You know, you learn a new thing every day. We got really intelligent people at uh, Texas on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, the runner. Uh, the song that we opened today uh, from Manfred Mann and the Earth Man. According to this texter, Brendan, I'm going to get you to look this up while I bring aboard Brian Lawton. Uh, the runner was written and recorded by Ian Thomas, the brother of SCTV's Dave Thomas. Now, I did not know that, and I love that song, so shows you what I know. All right. Uh, you can uh, reach us anytime again on a River Cree Resort Casino hotline. Uh, Brennan, is our guest good to go here? Because I know we're getting him in special parts of uh, He is ready. World. He is ready. Kind enough to join us on his holiday. Uh, I'm going to guess you're someplace warmer than where I'm at right now. I'm in uh, balmy Edmonton. It's about minus three here right now, Brian Lawton. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm in Cabo San Lucas at El Dorado Golf Course and uh, looking out at the ocean now. It's about 85, 87 degrees right now and completely sunny. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, there's a, I don't know if you've ever been there. There's an El Dorado, I believe it's called El Dorado, in uh, Kelowna. <laughs> Right on uh, Lake Hook. There's the difference. You go to Cabo and I go to Cabo. <laughs> and I, there's a and there's a couple there's a couple times I've left uh, the El Dorado and I I can't actually remember leaving. But that's for another time and another day. So uh, you're getting some time. Away. It's only 85 to 87 degrees here. Is that what you're saying? That is. We're a little bit behind you time wise, but that is correct. I think it's going to be 92. Very shortly here. So it's very nice. But just for the record, for this American, Kelowna and here are both God's country. There you go. Beautiful. All right. Uh, we had uh, Dave Tippett on yesterday's show, and one of the things that he – and I know that to, just as you wrapped up your NHL network work, it was 27 or 28 days in a row for you in New York City. Uh, I, ESPN ranked the Oilers' moves today. They gave Edmonton a B. Even some of the critics, analytically speaking, of what Edmonton's done in the past have been very uh, – uh, positive, I'd say, about the body of work in the offseason for the Edmonton Oilers. And one of the things that Dave Tippett alluded to yesterday was the fact that uh, the Oilers have sort of had two scoring lines, Brian, and then 
you know, maybe a checking line and an energy line, which is a euphemism for saying they had two scoring lines and two fourth lines. Does, in your opinion, Kyle Turris and potentially Yesapoliarvi and, and maybe a guy like Tyler Ennis give Dave Tippett the potential of having three lines that can contribute offensively? Uh, it certainly does. I mean, in the past, we'd say two scoring lines and then two lines of clock killers. Right. And I had a couple of coaches that used to use that term, and I don't use it lightly because I used to hate it, quite frankly. Your job is to go out and kill the clock. Well, you're always trying to do more than that. I always felt it was derogatory. But in analyzing Edmonton now, yes, I do believe they have players that are capable of contributing much more offensively, something that you might say, well, who cares? This team scores enough with what they have. But uh, I just think it makes everything flow so much easily, easier, and you, you spend a lot less time having to defend on a nightly basis. So I, I think they are positive moves. Um, for me, when I look at how teams have done, and I've been going through and kind of seeing who's made some really nice adjustments in the offseason that'll help them win more, I always kind of compare it against what their ability was to spend money as well. And, you know, the Oilers, they, they didn't have a lot of money to spend. Right. What they were able to accomplish, I would actually rank in the top third in terms of the position that they were starting from. Yeah, it's it's uh, an interesting one. We've talked a lot about uh, Tyson Berry, uh, and we've got David Staples coming up a little bit later on, and he did a survey, and the majority of the fans preferred, uh, Brian, that Edmonton not go long-term on Markstrom and just deal with the consequences of a short-term scenario on Mike Smith because I know that the Smith signing initially was met with some... Um, frustration from Oilers fans, but you do have to factor in things like term length on deals, don't you? Yeah, absolutely do. You know, for Ken Holland, I mean, he's looking obviously at a short-term plan in regard to trying to move this team forward and trying to at least put the team in a position every year to continue to learn so that when they are ready to strike, when this team is ready to win a Stanley Cup, they've already gone through the process. Uh, there's a lot of balancing out those types of moves. Guys like Markstrom don't come along that often. And yet, if you're looking at the goalie market, uh, you feel there'll be, in future years, there's going to be more good players available. There are a lot of, it's kind of a historic time for the number of young guys that are coming along that are showing real promise in organizations, particularly just going off of the Russians. The Russians are coming, the Russians are here in the goaltending position, that's for sure. Yeah, no question about that. Hey, just back to uh, Turris for a second. Kurt Overhart had, has him, right? Yep. You've known Kurt for a long time. Um, in the past, like, was it just the perfect fit for the Overhart camp as well? Because, I mean, Shat and Kurt got bought out by the Rangers and went to the perfect spot in Tampa Bay and leveraged that into a better deal. Are there some similarities here with maybe what, what Overhart and Turris are trying to do in Edmonton? I think so. I think certainly with Tyson Berry as well. And I think Mike Hoffman, who's unsigned, will be looking for a similar circumstance. I talked to a couple GMs just in really the last four or five days and some owners. And, uh, you know, it's funny to watch people as they change and rethink the way things are done. Um, that's just one of them that's really in vogue right now. 
let's put yourself, particularly with the pandemic, let's put yourself in a good position. Let's not worry about what the short term is going to be for a lot of reasons, a lot of math reasons. Not really going to matter that much how much you make this year. I think players are coming to that realization. You want to set yourself up for future years. So for Kyle Turris, this is a really good opportunity to do that. He needed to get out of Nashville. His contract, unfortunately, it had to be, it certainly was weighing the club down. It even turns over to when it gets to a point where it weighs the player down. Yeah. And yeah. now he's out from under that. He's on a new contract, and he can just play and maybe not feel the weight of the world's expectations. Well, all I would say on that is, could you imagine if that was in a place like Edmonton or Toronto or Montreal? Yeah. And, right? I mean, with, with all due respect to Nashville, players love going there. Uh, it's a great stop in the tour for everybody that gets to work in the NHL. But it's not pressurized. Like, just look at how Tyson Berry took a hit reputation-wise because he played for one year in Toronto and it didn't go well. So, hey, I got a question for you. When you were with Octagon, uh, how many arbitration processes were, you know, uh, how many times did you take a player to arbitration? Uh, Somebody asked me this question the other day. I went to arbitration as a player. I took players to arbitration as certainly an agent and a GM. Uh, In Octagon, one year, believe it or not, we filed for 21 players for arbitration. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) We settled literally, I felt like uh, a few good men. Tom Cruise's role in that movie is he settles every case he ever gets. I felt like that by the end of it. We settled about 17 of those cases. So we didn't have that many actually go to ARB. But you know what? When you file for ARB, you always should win if you file because it's your choice, and most of the time you're still going to settle, and we're seeing that right now even. Is it flawed in comparison to how baseball works? Like, does baseball have, I mean, these are the two major professional sports that have this, you know, have arbitration, hockey and baseball. And in baseball, as you know, Brian, uh, the arbitrator picks one or the other, okay? Whereas in hockey... Uh, the the agency comes in super high and the team comes in super uh, low and they they come in at artificial numbers and then they meet somewhere in the middle. Uh, which one really is a truer indicator of uh, the dollar amount a guy should be getting, realistically speaking? And does the upcoming, theoretically, does the challenge that we're going to have in the marketplace currently affect what the arbitrator might decide here in this arbitration uh, offseason? Undetermined right now how that's going to go because we haven't seen any awards come in yet. Um, You'd have to think that the instruction is not to. The cap has remained flat. The arbitrator's not supposed to get into all these other things, but there's human nature in there. So that, to me, will be fascinating to see how that plays out, and it's something... That quite frankly, whatever side you're on, you need to you need to have a philosophy. You may be right, you may be wrong, but you better have some strong thoughts as to how that's going to go and bake that into the equation. I I would have always preferred if the NHL were either or arbitration. There is a lot of BS with low numbers and high numbers. I'd rather see people be forced to you know winner take all. So that would force people to be much more realistic. We still have too much variance. 
I look at some of these hard cases, and it was going on when I was doing it as a general manager or as an agent, for that matter. It always bugged me. I always thought, you know what, either or would be, let's kind of turn it into, you know, what they do over in the U.K. Like, you got to pay all the expenses whenever you lose. Just, you know, there should be penalties for people, and there should be a penalty for filing ridiculously high or ridiculously low, and that should be that the arbitrator should be forced to say, no, that's stupidly high. That's more reasonable. I can only choose one or the other. I'll take the more reasonable. I really think that would help the process significantly. All right. Like I'm looking at Connor Brown. Jeff Jackson has him. Four point eight million is what uh, you know Jeff's coming at for Connor, and the t- the team's at like two point two five million. Now, to me, he kind of produced on a two point seven five to three million dollar range, but the problem is, I'm not sure he would get that in free agency. You know what I'm saying here? Like that's where, especially this year in free agency. So it's an it, it is an it, there's an illustration right there. By the way, when you were GM in Tampa Bay, who who did you uh, did, who did you end up? I'm, I'm I'm just trying to think of who you did uh, an arbit- arbitration with. We filed on a number of guys, and Mike Smith, I want to say, was one. But wow. we settled that one. We settled every one of them in Tampa. Oh, the majority okay. of them settled. We never actually went. I had some great ones where we actually did go. I had a Dave Scatchard arbitration one time where the arbitrator stopped us in the middle of the presentation and said, what's a major? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. That's not a good sign for us. We should settle this one. Uh... did. That's... Right as we after, right in the middle of us presenting. Now this is in the early days when you just would drag arbitrators in. It's a lot of history. Nowadays, you know, it's it's better than that. But arbitrators still get kicked out, and new ones get brought in. The way the process works. So uh, that was probably the scariest thing I ever Actually, heard. I think a major, yeah. or whose case was built on majors. Yes, and as you know, Scatchard's an Alberta product from Highway 16. I think he was from either Hinton or Edson, if I recall. Uh, we had an athletic director when I was working at the University of Alberta, Brian, and this individual asked, how come the hockey team is spending three times as much on the stick budget at the men's hockey team than the women's hockey team? <laughs> and right. I, I just kind of put my head down at that point and was like, all right, uh, move along. So... We're in this. It's it's it is interesting to to watch here with the, with this whole arbitration process because it's I'm like you. I think they need to go to the baseball route where it's either or. I think it'll eliminate a lot of the BS. Did you ever like? Did you ever have a player when you were an agent go in on an arbitration and listen to the uh, organization pick apart his game? I did. I did. I like to have players go in there. I felt I felt like when I was an agent, it intimidated. Um, some of the people. Now, most of the time, there was a hired gun that would come in and present. Just okay. Like for the player, the NHLPA would be there, and they would present some of the time for us. Not always. We were a bigger firm, so we preferred to do our own. But they were always a voice. And I, I always wanted it to be personal. Either way, whether I was a GM or an agent, you wanted it to be personal, because it is personal. Interesting. And there's no way around it. Yeah. It's just business. So, you know, I never had any problem saying, you know, this player didn't maybe do something well. But I also never had any problem saying that this player did do things well. Yeah. And you can't go in there and just think you're going to run your guy down 
because there are other considerations for the club. If you run a guy down so hard that he hates your guts for the rest of his life, it really doesn't work for you even if you win. Well, I, I just remember... Uh, uh, yeah. I remember the Eric Lindros, uh, when the Nordiques traded Lindros to both the Flyers and to the New York Rangers. And... Yeah. And the arbitrator was Bertuzzi, right? He ended up awarding Lindros to Philly, who, of course, or, yeah, to, to Philadelphia. And a lot of those players were used as Pete. Well, I mean, obviously, Forsberg came back the other way. And maybe Quebec didn't get to see that to fruition. But I remember with the Rangers, they had to move out several of the players that they had included in the rumored trade because those guys were like, well, hey, wait, wait a sec here. Why am I part of this deal? Like, I thought you were telling me I was part of the Rangers' future, and now you're trading me for Eric Linder. I mean, these are the sort of things that occur as a result of these situations, aren't they? Uh, they absolutely are. I mean, uh, and it's horrible for players to hear that, and I'm super sensitive because people always ask me about, were you trading Vinny Lecavier? Were you really going to get these guys from Montreal? And I'm always, it just makes me cringe to even talk about it. The only reason that people ever heard any names, as far as I know, is that Tyson Berry's dad. And I don't know this for a fact, but in my opinion, I believe he told some other people the names. And to me, that was just as embarrassing a situation as you can be in as a GM. Bob Gainey was upset. Uh, I was upset. Warren Coolis, who was another principal owner, was upset. Um it's just not a spot you want to be in. It truly, and, and for all the fans, I'm glad we're doing this in front of fans because it's good for them to realize that it's not great to always hear everything. It hurts the process. It certainly hurts people individually in a way that they shouldn't be hurt. Um, but your Rangers example is a prime one. Guys were just so bitter that it was an untenable situation moving forward for the Ranger players whose names were included in the Lindros deal. And we should mention, so the listeners are aware, Len Berry was part owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning with Orrin Kulis, uh when you were general manager of the Lightning at that time. Do you think Orrin will ever resurface as an owner in the league? I do. I do. Okay. Uh, I, saw, uh, I talked to Orrin the other day. They just released a new COD game for all the gamers out there. Saw is now a part of Call of Duty. Believe it or not, he's just, I don't think he's ever made more money than he is now, which is really strange in this pandemic. Uh, his latest Saw movie with Chris Rock was put on hold, but that'll be coming out once we get back to more normalcy, and that's going to be a really big deal for him. So uh, he continues to do very, very well. Uh, he's a great guy. He loves the sport. He's as plugged in as anybody. Uh, he just follows it so uh, intensely. Awesome stuff. Enjoy your time in Mexico. My pleasure. Thank you. Take care. That is Brian Lawton joining us today from the NHL Network. He started, uh, of course, the number one pick in the 1983 NHL entry draft at a lengthy NHL career, uh, then started up Octagon's hockey agency business. From there, became the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning under the ownership of uh, Oren Kulis, who was the primary owner, as well as Len Barry. Uh, there was ownership change in Tampa Bay, and uh, so Brian has been with the NHL Network for the last several years, giving you a little bit of insight as to how arbitration works. Uh, 
I could see Oren Kulis uh, resurfacing in the NHL as an honor. His name's been out there before. Uh, Oren, by the way, played in the WHL. His son, Miles, played for the Medicine Hat Tigers uh, and last season was on an American Hockey League deal with the Bakersfield Condors. It is 12.51 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. And Brian Lawton is our Oilers now headliner for touchback safety. When it's time for safety training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. We'll also tell you that Roos Chris Steakhouse is the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That Oilers Now sent you. We will take a timeout, get to your text when we come back on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Welcome back, everybody. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Five Floors text line. It's 1253 in Edmonton. Sunny in Vancouver says, Bob, when is the German League open? Uh, could it be a landing spot for Stuart Skinner? Thanks. I don't know, to be honest. I knew somebody who is headed to the German League and is on pause right now. So I, I'm not sure uh, what's happening. Bob, is the Eldorado the country bar in Kelowna? If so, you're not the only one to have foggy memories leaving that bar. I, I don't even think it would be called a country bar. It's just right on the lake. Uh, so if you're driving to West Bank going across the bridge, it would be to the left uh, before you go across the bridge. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Am I going to read this one here from the? Uh, <laughs> from, uh, I think we'll leave that one alone. You see the long-winded one that uh, hit on about six different things on COVID. Uh, that eighty-nine percent of the people out there probably aren't agree with. Hey, Bob, just regarding your comment about Al Cameron. Uh, hey, glass half full. He played two hundred games, but was only minus one hundred and seven. Uh, not bad for half the games from Brian S. Yes, well, Al played on some teams that were in a full-blown rebuild at that time. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. And keep it coming. Uh, Bob, Clefbaum needs to you-know-what or get off the pot with his decision on his injury. He's selfish not letting the team know what the plans are. The money could be used to improve the team from Ken. Uh, Ken, I... I got to tell you, I have empathy for the position that Oscar's in here. He's going to take his time. I I would suggest to you that the Oilers have already basically planned that he's not playing this year. 
based on the moves. If you take a look at the dollars, uh, they're they're going to be an LTIR right from the get go, and that's because the, the likelihood is that Clefbaum won't be able to play. And I just hope that it's you know he'll have a chance to play down the road. Uh, Bob, what about Slater Cuckoo? Could he be a good sixth or seventh defense option? If Edmonton was to sign a veteran, here's what's going to happen. There's so many players out there right now. Remember a couple years ago when the Oilers invited Alex Chase on to camp on a PTO after he won a Stanley Cup, the Washington Capitals? And Edmonton got him at like 600. So he performed well on the PTO. And the Oilers signed him to a one-year deal at 650K, and he scored 22 goals. Um, there's going to be players like that, or as we get late into whenever the startup is without jobs. And I believe you're going to be able to get a defenseman in the 700K, 750K range, and possibly another winger. So depending upon what happens with some of your other prospects and where you're at, maybe you could contemplate going down that road. And situations are fluid. So maybe a week ago at this time you're thinking, well, we're done. And maybe a week later you're thinking, you know, it's only going to be a 48-game schedule. Maybe you could sign a veteran depth number seven defenseman with NHL experience instead of having a Lagasin or a Bouchard there. So I think we know that Clefbaum's not going to be available. You're going to be looking at Nurse with Bear, uh, and then the other four defensemen are going to be uh, on the left side, Jones and Russell, and on the right side, Adam Larson and, and Tyson Berry. So maybe you just want to have a, a veteran guy that can plug in and play. So you're not having to rely... Uh, on a rookie and also in case there's for this you know uh, the sake of argument let's say there's some growing pains with a Caleb Jones or Ethan Bear you know the veteran guy can come in and spell him off for a game or something like that and and so I think that maybe these situations evolve now conversely on the left side one option like I look at the Oilers left wing position right now and I go okay Nugent Hopkins left wing top six guy Tyler Ennis might play top six but probably third line James Neal will definitely see some power play time, but look pretty good on a fourth line with Chase on last year. Is Kara going to play center? Or is Kara going to play wing? Don't know. Again, uh, yeah, uh, KDK just responded back and said, Bob, the Oilers uh, should cut ties with Clef Bomb. He's overrated based on the quality and the health he provides the team. He's only scored five goals once, not a top pair from KDK. I, I, I think he's having a little bit of fun. KDK adds, the Oilers' bottom six hasn't been the problem as much as not having a true top pair in defense. Uh, when healthy, Clefbaum is a solid three, but he's only healthy 75% of the time. The Oilers need to significantly upgrade their top end defense in order to become a contender. I don't see that happening organically in the short term unless significant leaders are brought in to truly mentor uh, the D. Oilers fans shouldn't expect a real contender until the defense is significantly addressed from KDK. There are some other people out there, KDK, that believe there's something to that. Again, you can text us at uh, 780-496-0063. Bob, salmon fishing on the cap. Well, late fishing for sure. And some agents that perhaps are getting a little bit nervous that they're not going to be able to get their guys some jobs. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back in orders now, we'll hook up with David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.